In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Art DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, there is not a person that I know in my life that has not dealt with some sort of tragedy. And when tragedy hits, it's not easy to deal with that loss, that grief associated with that loss. Now, there are those who say time heals all wounds. Well, I'm not so sure about that. And what if it doesn't? What if it's been years and you're still struggling with the grief? Indeed, what if there are some losses so big that they leave us in a constant state of grief? As believers... We absolutely believe and know that there is hope in Jesus Christ, and we want to talk about that. And, of course, you know the drill. To get us started and to introduce our guest for the day, I want to welcome my good friend and co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. God bless you, brother. Good to see you, man. I love that you brought that statement that often is thrown around that time heals all wounds. Uh, You and I both know we've sat in counseling sessions with people over and over again that that's actually not true. Jesus is the one that heals all wounds. Amen. We can go a whole life with having wounds that we're expecting time to heal that only Jesus can. And so uh, today we're always, uh, we're, we're a little light. We like having fun, Dennis. And anyone who's listened to our yeah. show before yeah. kind of knows that we kind of poke at each other and have some fun. And we, we talk about the gospel because the gospel is good news. And good news Amen. is often often fun to hear. Uh, fun but to hear. today we're going to be a little bit, I think, a little bit more serious because we're talking about uh, the concept and the reality of grief in the life of every single one of us. Uh, we will not go through life without a, a moment of difficulty of challenge. Um, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, Truth. right? There's a time to weep, a time to laugh, time to mourn, a time to dance. And when we when we get in those moments where we're weeping and we're mourning, um, we really, really more than the other time need the good news of Jesus Christ. And so uh, I, thanks for coming in. We got in the studio today, Dan Rebays. Uh, he's an artist. He's a musician. He's a worship leader. Uh, here in the greater Washington metro area. Uh, he came to Jesus back in 1995. Uh, actually, the story is pretty interesting, right? You were driving home from a gig uh, as a musician late one night, and you were listening to Jars of Clay. And I'm immediately singing Flood in my head whenever I do that. I don't know if that was a song. But it was one sure. of my favorites back in the mid-'90s. And they're a Christian group, if you don't know that. Uh, and then there was the next day uh, that you accepted Jesus as your Savior uh, with a friend who had just been sharing the truth about the good news of Jesus in your life. Uh, since then, uh God has used you in many, many ways. Volunteer worship minister, uh, musician at McLean Bible Church. You served there for over eight years uh, currently. 
your Reston Bible Church, but while you were at McLean, you met your wife on a missions trip. So That's there's right. a bonus plug for local missions amen trips, and amen. right? Amen. Yeah, um, yeah. But you are at Reston Bible Church now. Uh, you're a volunteer worship leader. Uh, your wife, 16 years now, Susan. She homeschools your three girls, uh, and she works part-time as well in the youth ministry. So she has a full-time job as a mom and homeschooler. Right. Well, actually, has a full-time job as a mom, a full-time job as a homeschooler, and a part-time job in youth ministry. So you're really working your wife hard. I'm sure she's going to listen <laughs> wait a minute, today. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Take her out to dinner. Hang on a second, man. Do you put Saint in front of her name, Saint Susan, because three girls and working with youth? What? Yeah, that's a lot. So, so what, what you do, it seems not a lot now compared to right? But <laughs> you right, do, that's right. Uh, you do uh, work full-time as an artist specializing in graphic design, animation, motion graphics, 3D design, animation, voiceover, music composition, sound design, all kinds of great things. And so thanks for being here uh, because we're not going to talk about any of those things, actually. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but we are going to talk about the reality of grief in the life of... Uh, for everyone, but in the midst of grief, specifically for those of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or for those of us who need a relationship with Jesus Christ, what Jesus does for us in the in the midst of grief. And so, usually, uh, I think we can all agree, um, there's a catalyst or a moment that kind of starts spinning us into this cycle of grief that we all have. And so, for a launch point of our discussion this morning, it's a, a personal story of loss for you. And so, just your willingness to share that with us is we appreciate that in advance because not too long ago uh, you unexpectedly lost your friend as a fellow worship leader many people uh, maybe know who he is tell us who he is and tell us about what happened uh, and how it started with you and really dealing with a very tragic scenario sure well we're talking about Kishore Carey yeah Uh, he and I were were best friends for approximately 20 years wow uh, and he, <clears throat> pardon, he was a worship leader, a youth leader, a songwriter, uh, a husband, yeah. a father. Very talented uh, guy. I had a chance to meet him a few times. He's very gifted. Absolutely. Very gifted. And he really, really lived outside of himself. And that was the thing that really struck me the most about him was that he was so outwardly focused. Uh, and it was very uh, encouraging to me because I, I tend to be uh, sort of a private guy, right? Mm. Um, home is my favorite place. Uh, and uh, my wife knows that, you know, to get me out the door, you know, is, is usually a little bit of a struggle. But once I'm out, I'm fine. I, I always have a great time. Sure. I always end up saying, you were right. Yeah, I had a great time. Well, Kishore was one of those as well. And he, uh, he and I became friends very quickly. And uh, we started our ministry together pretty quickly as well. And when yeah. I say ministry, it wasn't like one particular uh, branch of ministry. It was just how we lived, right? Um, and I, I said once, you know, when we weren't serving each other, we were serving others. Yeah. And he was the type of friend that would, he was uh, invasive, and I mean that in, in the best way. Yeah. He was assertive. Uh, he was um, a visionary, an igniter, an encourager. Yeah. And... Um, you know, for someone like me, I, I tend to focus a lot on execution and performance and things like that, right? I, I tend to grade myself on how well I do at a given skill set. But left on my own, I don't tend to do much with that, right, until somebody else sort of ignites me to do something. Well, he was that guy. Yeah, and there's no good way to lose someone, right? right? I, I think that... Um 
to say that they pass peacefully or they pass through a long uh, struggle with a disease. Neither one of those are easy, but Kishore's scenario was kind of came out of nowhere for you, if I know the story correctly. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we thought he was healthy. We knew mm-hmm. that he was... Um, he was focused on, you know, losing weight. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't very overweight, but he, he definitely was focused on, on getting healthier. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in his early 50s. And, uh, you know, he'd bring it up once in a while. He'd joke about it. Uh, and, you know, uh, other than that, I, I wasn't aware of any, any kind of health problems that he might have had. I later found out after he passed uh, that he had a form of diabetes. Mm. But I didn't even know that. Yeah. That he was, those, those were, this, and that's what I mean by he lived outside of himself was that he wasn't very inwardly focused. He didn't talk a lot about his personal struggles. He focused more on helping others and finding people to help and, and, and exercising that gift. And so, um, with his unexpected passing, certainly some things you didn't know and uh, seemingly out of nowhere, um, that happened. It kind of started this, this for you, this, section of grief which we we would all expect we've got lifetime friends i've um thinking of just uh, friends that i've had for for 20 years maybe not uh, having the experience of someone as close as kishore was to you but friends shared experiences great men great women uh and uh from an earthly perspective have passed from this life to their time with jesus way too early in their in their late 30s or 40s or early 50s like kishore was how did you initially begin to deal with this sort of now shock and um, challenge of what it's like to have this friend that you were so used to walking life with and who would be invasive in all the good ways, who would challenge you and push you and, and serve you and point you to Jesus, and, and now he's not, he's not there. Well, I think the answer to that question, I, I need to, I need to um, you know, go back a little bit to, to what his focus was. Yeah. He was very eternally focused, right? He, was, uh, he really set his sights on his ultimate destination he wrote songs about it you know he wrote songs about meeting christ he, he wrote songs about being there right mm-hmm. and so this was something that was not a surprise for any of us that he longed you know he he was eager about his home his eternal home um, not in the sense that it was alarming but just in the sense that he was really looking forward to it, and he had a very, very healthy perspective and, and, and excitement about yeah. about Christ and about this better place, right? Uh, so it, it kind of started immediately for me, right? So I knew this about him. I knew what, how how heavenly focused he was. And when uh, so so what what had happened was that morning uh, we were we were on stage, right? There were. Two scheduled services. And for those who don't know the background of the story, you were leading worship uh, at a church together on that's, a Sunday morning. That's right. Right. Okay. Right. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so there were two scheduled services. We had just finished the first service. Now, he was the main worship leader, right? And uh, he was very energetic, and the first service went really well. I mean, the the music felt very powerful and just you could feel the spirit moving. And in between services, you know, we were backstage and he was just on the other side of the wall of the uh, green room talking to one of the one of the other musicians. And she popped her head around and yelled call 911. Uh, she said I'm not kidding, call 911. And somebody started dialing immediately and and 
the rest of us ran out of the room and it was dark backstage and so I, you know all I could see at first were his legs he was on the ground and, and I asked I said who is it and the lady he was talking to said it's Kishore and so at that very moment I had that initial shock of wait no 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 that doesn't that's not right you know that's not supposed to be part of the script somebody messed up yeah that's that can't be him he's we were just leading worship together we still have another service coming up and so immediately uh the uh the lady he was speaking to uh she was the keyboard player but she also happens to be a nurse so she started cpr immediately i helped her to you know turn him Mm. you know initially turn him to his side but when she realized that he was unresponsive we put him back on his back and then she started immediately and and meanwhile the EMTs were on their way Uh, they arrived within I think a couple of minutes it was really really fast Um, anyhow uh, while while he was uh, so when I first ran out of the room and I saw him on the ground realized it was him Uh, what happened over the next minute or two while I was trying to help was you know I started talking to him saying you know hey buddy we need you to we need you to stay with us okay we need you to breathe we need you I don't have any medical training so I didn't want to get in the way so I figured if if nothing else I can at least hope that he hears my voice yeah you know because he's got a daughter and um, you know and so I was I was thinking about her as well and I said come on buddy we need you to we need you to breathe need you to help us out and I backed up once the EMTs showed up. And um, at that moment, <clears throat> pardon me, I started to feel something <clears throat> very interesting. There were two things that were happening at the same time. There was my flesh reacting and there was my spirit reacting, right? So in tandem, my flesh was, was experiencing a sense of desperation, right? And, yes. and a little bit of urgency. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And so that desperation was me wanting to grab him, you know, his soul, if you will. Yeah. And, 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 and help him, you know, push it back into his body and say, no, 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 not yet. We're not ready for you yet. At the same time that was happening, I felt a peace hmm. inside of me. Um, and, and and because both of those things were happening, I, I didn't really know which which way to go with that. So I, I I started to look around the room, and I saw other people that were standing there. Um, and I I approached them and, and started asking them if, if if they're okay. Yeah. And I I decided to focus more on the spirit side of things. I figured, okay, I, I don't trust my flesh. I can never trust my flesh. That other feeling. That has to be from God. Yeah. That has to be God saying, "Yes, I yes. got him." Yeah, it's the beginning it's, it's okay. of it's the beginning of something like that. Only you know, God can get us through, especially when our, our flesh is is um, it's screaming other things in that way. And what, what I find interesting, uh, based upon what I know of the story and what you shared already at this point, is that um, you're talking about the reality of it. Because uh, for those who may not know, this wasn't that long ago. We're not talking about something that happened even a year ago. Uh, And so the grief and the difficulty and the pain, um, even if time could heal all wounds, there's not been a lot of time to heal it. 
uh, in that way. That the, the tension sometimes, I think, even for believers, is when we're going through difficult times. And Dennis, uh, I think you've seen this. Uh, I think we both even maybe have done it in our personal selves, is to live in this sort of moment of denial around what we're feeling about this moment and then sort of bottle it up a little bit. And uh, bottled up grief bottle of pain, bottle of difficulty, seals it off from the opportunity from the Holy Spirit to actually go about healing uh, some of these things that are uh, bottled up. And maybe even in some ways we begin to tell ourselves, well, this pain, this difficulty, this grief is not normal. Talk a little bit about how how grief is normal and that we all experience it. And and trying to deny it doesn't ever help. Sure. Um, Well, uh, to do that, you know, I want to talk about the, the group uh, therapy session that we had. Yeah. So the church, can I mention the church? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Centerville Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Kishore and I were, were, uh, guest worship leaders. Whenever we did lead, we were guest leaders. And so yeah. we were that weekend as well. Well, uh, CBC hosted a, um, a group therapy session for those of us that were there. Uh, especially those of us that were involved with the service mm-hmm. and that were directly impacted by by that actual event. And, uh, you know, something interesting happened there. So while I was sharing about how I felt, you know, I, I tend to um, I tend to try to always focus on the positive. And sometimes I can come across as um as being uh, afraid, it, it might seem to others like mm-hmm. I'm afraid to face a reality because ah. I'm so focused on the positive, you know. Uh, but the truth is, I'm doing that for my own benefit as well. Yeah, you know, I need to remind myself, you know, God is in charge. Nothing happens without His permission, you know, and uh, He's the author of everything, and and and, and He's got Kishore right now. So I'm sharing things like this with the group, and you know, the 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 facilitator was. You know, was telling us it's okay. It's okay to feel anger. It's okay to feel bitterness. And uh, what I was trying to do is what I normally like to try to do is is try to steer people away from that. But what happened is after I spoke, a couple other people took turns speaking, and they said, "Well, you know what? That's fine, Dan. We appreciate what you said, and we appreciate your perspective, and, and, and you know that you're looking at at the price side of it and whatnot. But we are angry." And we are bitter, and that was a that was a a humbling moment for me. It was a good eye opening moment for me that you know what they were right, they were right. The, it, you know, grief is not is not a one size fits all kind of thing. You know, yes. it, it's unique. Yes. It's unique to how God created you. It's unique. There are so many factors that go into it. Who was this person to you? Uh, yes. What kind of relationship did you have? How do you feel about yourself? How yeah. do you feel about Christ? You know, there are so many factors that that converge to um, to really to hit you where, where you know. That's how you find out. Yeah, and that's that's just a wonderful reminder that I want to just people don't miss that grief is not a one size fit all. I, I, yeah. I, that's such a great yeah. reminder yeah. because there could be people listening right now and looking and seeing how you went through your experience, Dan, and go, that relates to me. Great. I'm going to kind of help walk down this path. Or some people go, no, no, that's not me at all. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that Centerville offered uh, counseling and those sort of things, which I think is wonderful. And we've talked about this before at Good News for the City. Uh, the Holy Spirit, Jesus uses counselors all the time. 
He uses all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no no shame in going to a counselor. There's no I'm less of a blank and you insert whatever you want to into the blank there. But how, what is a good indicator, at least from your perspective, that uh, someone who may be going through grief and trying to, to manage it in some way on their own or manage it in a way that um, isn't fully helpful because they don't have the right people around them. What's a good indicator you think that they may need a little extra help, maybe even professional help, a counselor? Uh, one good indicator is that your um, is, is, is that your countenance changes, mm-hmm. but not temporarily. It, it, it sort of other people notice right. change. Your personality is affected. Uh, your sense of humor is compromised. Your ability to process information. Your ability to focus on information. Mm-hmm. Uh, your ability to focus at work. If you're a creative person, your your creativity might take a hit. Uh, you might feel foggy and you might feel heavy. And some of the, some of the things that are uh, more subtle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Any kind of change that lasts. Uh, there are the obvious ones too, but we all know the sure. sense of despair and things like that. Uh, but those are good ones to, you know. For me personally, one of mine was I was I was becoming nervous about not experiencing some of the other. Now it's been two and a half, two and a half months or so, almost three months since it happened, and uh, I had a very delayed reaction. Right, so my first. The first steps, uh, grief steps that I experienced were acceptance and, uh, well, what's the other positive one? Uh, acceptance, there was, there's another one. I can't think of all of them off the top of my head right now. The ones I wasn't experiencing yet were denial um, and I believe that is bitterness one yeah, of them? anger, bitterness, and so what you're saying is that the manner, even which I love the, the go back to the one size fit all, the manner in which you engage the steps that people go through in these moments like that wasn't even in maybe an order that other people would, but we That's all correct. kind of walk through them. That's right. There's there's no skipping of third grade to get to sixth grade, so to speak. And when we walk through this healing process, and and some of the biblical things we talk about on the show over and over and over again uh, is this understanding about what Jesus means and how he cares for us even in the middle of whatever we may think we're abandoned we're alone we just spent some time with someone recently where we talked about how easy it is for us to think uh, that God uh, has forgotten us or God is hanging us out to dry uh, and that the reminder is the gospel uh, that if God sent Jesus to die for us uh, in our moment of grief or our moment of being uh, in despair or feeling lost or pick another word uh, we can go back to that moment and go if he loved us and we believe it loved us enough for that moment. In this moment of my grief, as we're talking about today, he is still there with me. Even though I may not feel it, uh, there's no way that he would love me that much to give me Jesus and then and then sort of uh, walk away. Um, and maybe in the last two minutes, and we could spend probably four or five shows talking about this. And I just really want to thank you for being just open oh, about pleasure. your story, especially when we realize this, this is not something that's super quick. For someone listening, Mm -hmm. going through grief, um, as someone who's still being supported and supporting other friends who are going that, would you tell them, uh, just give them an example of maybe how they can support someone or love them in this in, say, the next 60 seconds or so? Absolutely. Uh, Don't be afraid to to, uh, make a mistake, first Mm. of all. Um, You know, it, it does count. The fact that you want to help really counts. And for those who need the help, you know, don't get stuck inside of yourself. That's the worst thing you can do is retreat inside of yourself. Don't feel like you're going to burden somebody else. Uh, 
people want to help because Christ puts that in our hearts. Yeah. Sure. You know, we're a family. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I would say for both sides, for, for those who can help, you know, give it your best shot. Pray about it. Pray for yeah. words. Pray for Christ to speak through you. And yeah. if you're the one that needs to receive it, step out, mm. you know, and just allow Christ to work in your heart. And if I had just one, Dennis, before we close out myself, just the reminder that sometimes just going and sitting down with someone in the middle of their pain is good enough. We don't necessarily have to have all the words. Uh, sometimes sometimes just having someone sitting there with us, and we've talked about this before in the show, Job's friends started out really, really well. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, later on, they made some mistakes, but that first seven days where they sat there and said nothing in the midst of his pain and his yeah. grief, it was powerful because it lets you know you are not alone. Uh, and so, Dan, I just want you to know you're not alone. I know you know that. But, thank you, brother. Uh, thank you for just your vulnerability and your willingness, yeah, yeah. even in such a short time, to just to share what God is doing in the midst of your grief and how God used Kishore and how God will continue to use you and others uh, through uh, what he's teaching us and the good news of the gospel that changes everything, Dennis. Yeah. Wow. Um, your sense of calm and your peaceful voice has even helped me on this day. So thank you. I know that you've helped others. And God has used you for that. So God bless you and thank you, brother. I thank appreciate you. that a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Folks, if you want to hear this again, it was just a it was just a great time to be with Dan, by the way. And we are so grateful for that. If you want to listen to this again in more detail, you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or go to wava.com, keyword good news, and you can listen on our podcast page. Or if you want more information, you can call me at 703-807-2266. Again, you can call Dennis. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.